leaving downright cutting buddy buddy wish I missed the past buddy buddy but there's still buddy cats no don't be naughty go meet everybody here on buddy cats ladies and gentlemen Please welcome the founder and host of BuddyCast, Nick Sorensen. Welcome to another episode of BuddyCast. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen, and joining me today is a very, very, very special guest. You know him if you've seen the movie Invincible. You know him if you love the NFL. Vince Papale. How are you doing today, buddy? Hey Nick, what's up, bud? Nice buddy. So I call you Nick. Hey. Hey, you can call me intro. I like to see the curtain. Thank you. Thank I, you. I don't care what you call me. Just call me, right? Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Nick or buddy works. I've been called both, and I've been called worse. So. But. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, especially myself, especially on the field. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I got to start up uh, all this. By let's start out from the beginning. Let's talk about your NFL experience. What was that like when you found out when you found out you were going to play in the NFL? Well, it was pretty extraordinary because I was a season ticket holder for ten years for my beloved Philadelphia Eagles. And, uh, and as, uh, Elizabeth Banks says, "Your beloved Eagles, Eagles with an eye." And uh, <laughs> you know, I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting in the stands, and I was a I was a school. Uh, I, I was hit track coach, assistant football coach. I was actually a track guy, didn't play college football, working on my master's degree in, in um, in the 30 years old, and I, I, I get a shot, you know, and I played a little semi-pro football. I played a rough touch football, and, and then I got a shot. And I folded after a year, and I competed in that league against guys that were former NFL players, and I said, you know what, I, I – I, I, I can be that shot and I'm 30 years old, you know, and, and I didn't play college football. There's no effing way I'm going to get there. So, um, well, you know, uh, new head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles in 1976, the bicentennial, and in 76, he's free agent now. I found out about it. Everybody in the neighborhood were breaking my chops. Oh, you got to do it. You got to do it or you don't do it, you know. So it was like 50-50. And I knew I was going to do it because I tried a couple of times before. They had they had selective workouts where they invited guys, and I got turned down a couple of times. And, and this time I figured, well, they were it was an all-comers, and, and, and I showed up, and, you know, I popped the fastest time on, on the turf. It, it, around a four or five now if they they put that on astroturf that, that that's down around four three four three five so i was pretty quick and, and Mike was all uh, he didn't know anything about me he didn't know that i didn't play college football he didn't know my age uh he just saw a guy that could run i was six two about a buck and uh, he liked my running style so and and uh so he, he threw me into some other drills and the drills were very similar to me playing in the rough touch league. And I'd done before when I was in the world league. So I knew, you know, I knew how to move a guy around and that. And for, you know, he just, he's, he's looking at me, you know, but he's not saying 
And uh, then in the elevator, on, in, in the movie, they have this conversation with me in the parking car that's breaking down all the time. But in reality, uh, in the elevator, veteran medium after the workout was over, yo, Vince, how you doing? He said, that was a hell of a workout you're on. And he says, you know, you just popped a four or five out there. He said, you're the fastest guy in the field. I said, yeah, no, really. I've never been time before in a 40 like that, you know. And uh, he said, did a nice job. He said, by the way, where'd you go to college? You know, where'd you play your college football? And I didn't tell him that. You know, Temple, you know, you know, Temple was they chose. And uh, there, so that's part of the big five. There's five big universities there, Temple, St. Joe's, and the South, right? So we always call it. Actually, Temple just came to mind because it was the biggest college in the area. And I, I forgot that Temple didn't have a football team either. They disbanded it for but coach didn't know. He was coming from Westwood, UCLA. And mm -hmm. uh, and then, then he said, well, how old are you? And I said, oh, man. I said, I'm 26. He's been doing all this time. I said, ah, pro, a little bit of that. And, and that was it. You know, and there were other guys in the – there were other guys in the elevator, you know, and he was ignoring them. The elevator, by the way, uh, you had to take – you had to get down to the field because it was a subterranean field. You could take the elevator or you could just walk down the steps or go down the ramps. And he was on his way up to the executive office, which was on the fourth floor. So he says, well, he said, nice job, Vince. He said, maybe I'll see you around. And that was it. And then uh, so I go to the locker room, and, and I'm looking around, and the lockers of all the guys are on my idols, for crying out loud, because I'm a season ticket holder, right, at the, at the vet, Veteran Stadium. And, uh, <laughs> and, and next thing you know, the athletic trainer comes up, and I don't know him from Adam, and he and I didn't realize he was a big prankster. He says, hey, they want to see you up in the executive offices. So, so I ran over and I, I went to the elevator, fourth floor, and I go past Coach Ramil's office. So I, and then the, um, I go in the executive offices and there's murals of my idols, Chad Nair, Tommy McDonald, Nordham, guys that won the, 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 uh, the World's Championship back in the, in the 60. And uh, I said, oh, man, this is too Cool. So he says, go, go, go through the doors. It's Mr. Murray. That's Jim Murray's office, the general manager. I was, this is cool. So as I walk through, and on the hand side is the owner's office. He's, but on the left, the owner's suite, I should say. And the left is Coach Ramil's office, and his door was open. And he gave, hey, Vinny, nice job, man. You look good. And that was it. And him and I get over to the third door on the right, and I said, I'm this, but Pally, oh, welcome in. Mr. Murray's waiting for you. And they offered me a $21,000. I got $21,000. And my first question to him, I said, if I make the team, do I have to give up my season tickets? He says, make the team free tickets, you know. So as I, I said, what does that mean I'm an eagle? He says, no, that means you're our property, that nobody can sign you. But and the movie, uh, movie made it look like there were four or five games. In reality... Uh, we had four months. This tryout was in April, and training camp started for Fourth of July weekend, the bicentennial celebration in Philadelphia, and that's when he starts training camp, July third. And um, so I had four months to get for this training camp, and um, and so he says, "You now have full use of our facilities. You can come here uh, at, at any time, other." Ukraine. Of course, it was one of those stadiums where the Phillies were playing uh, at the same time. You know, it was back in the day. You know, you had Cincinnati, you had St. Louis, and you had multiple stadiums. You know, you just roll the stands in and out. 
So it was set up for baseball, but I, I, I started training, and, and the guy I was training with I was Roman Gale, who was you know, a superstar for the, for the Rams back in the day, and one of my idols, I couldn't believe. And then there was a guy that was actually the, the strength and conditioning coach that worked also with Mike Schmidt, Steve Carlton, some Hall of Fame Phillies, you know. And uh, he worked with them and worked on their strength and coordination and stretching. And uh, he, uh, he took a liking to me and he just said, come on, why don't you work out with us? So here I am. I'm, I'm working out with three of the greatest athletes in Philadelphia history. And, uh, and so he got me stretched out and he got me ready for the game. And, and then Gabe got me ready to run some routes. And, you know, and then I get into the NFL. In front of 60, 70, 80,000 people, a million people on TV. It was an experience of a lifetime. It was wild, man. It was really wild. Now, what that's where every, every time we get to a stadium, it was just, you know, yeah. Yes. I can't believe I'm at, you know, I'm at Soldier Field. I can't believe I'm up there. I can't be on the Coliseum. Yeah. I mean, some of the greatest stadiums in the world. And I'm playing football for my beloved Philadelphia Eagles. So, so it was uh, it was uh, it was uh, a lifetime that, and an experience I'll never ever forget. And I was church. That is awesome. So, what thoughts were running through your head when you officially made the team? When everything was permanent, you signed the contract, and they put you on the field. What were you, what thoughts were running through your head? Well, it was it was pretty interesting. If you've seen the movie, and I know you watched the movie, you know there was that one scene where the guy comes over and and says, "Hey, wants to see you bring your playbook." That's the key. You know, coach wants to see us. That that that's, that scenario happened. I didn't know that I had made the team. Nobody told me. The roster was set. I go into the locker room, and I had a locker uh, with a uniform, and my name was spelled correctly. In the movie, they had incorrectly. And, and I had all those things. And when the Turk walked over, the Turk is the guy who cuts the guys. When the Turk walked over and he grabbed the other guy, the other guy, I knew he was keeping five. Um I'm, I'm thinking, oh man, you know, he grabs him and takes him in, and, and then, 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 then they get me. Uh, no, so the coach never told me that I made the team. I'm thinking of the movies. The coach never tells me we're out there stretching and we're playing the Dallas Cowboys the next week, and I'm in. We're in the right, right this thing set up for baseball, so we're on the uh, turf in the right field, and I'm looking up, and that's my season tickets all the way over in the end zone on the other side, beyond the third base side. And I think, man, if the guys could only see me now. And then Coach Ramil walked up. He said, congratulations, old man. He said, you're a Philadelphia Eagle. Welcome to the team. So I went crazy. And I said, can I make a phone call? He said, we might have a press conference. And I said, no, because I, I knew there was a uh, there was a payphone in the dugout for the Phillies on the first base side. And we were in that field. So I, I ran real quick. I got, the, I got the shop steward at Westinghouse right by the Philly airport. And I said, hey, Slim, tell my king, his little boys at Philadelphia Eagle. And they just went crazy, crazy in the background. So we couldn't use it because my buddy Rudy, we couldn't use you know, Rudy Rudiger, we're, we're good buds. I kid him all the time. I said, Montaco, come on, dude. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Rudy's a great guy. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, he had done something like that when he found out that he, he got to Notre Dame and there was all this turmoil and stuff. So 
you know, it, it is in the locker coach's office. I'll, I'll accept it. I'll take it. It was yep. pretty cool. So then, uh, so then I'm there, you know, and then I'm playing at the next week I'm against the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. If you ever see Rudy again, tell him coach says hi. Tell him coach says hi. I met him once at a, at a conference. Yeah. So, so how did you decide yeah, on your number? Was it given to you or was we'll do thing Christmas? I'm sorry. Was that? I'm sorry. Yeah. So how did you decide? Now I missed the question. Yeah. How did you decide on your number? Was it? How did I decide what? Did you, your number? Oh, they gave it to me. Oh, okay. Yeah, they gave me number eighty-three. Yeah. Nice. Right here. That's it. Wow. They gave it to me. Right there, baby. Yeah. Wow. Yep. So yeah, and it was, and it's and it's ironic because it was uh, one of my favorite players for the uh, Eagles. They won the championship in '60 was Pete Pihos, and he wore that number eighty-three. So it was pretty cool. So that was the number. I, I you know, I, I didn't have any choice to it. It uh, served it well. And it became after the movie came out, eighty-three became a very very popular number uh, amongst wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right after the movie came out for about three or four years, uh, 83 was the, was the number. It was pretty cool. Nice, nice. Now, you've been talking a lot about, like, movie differences versus real life. I remember, speaking of Rudy, I remember, right. like, him mentioning that in his speech, like how the scene with the um, the accident at his at his family's plant, you know, in the movie it was just one guy, but in real life it was three guys. You know, um, what other details did the movie maybe get wrong or like switch around that you just, yeah, like you thought should have gone the other way or something? You know what I mean? Well, um, they 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 mess around with timelines every once in a while. You know, they'll they'll mess with that. For example, when I said we had they had me four days. Uh, to get into the, the training camp, but we really had four months. Uh, I, I think the, uh, you know, the way Vermeil was exactly the way Vermeil was, and actually some of the speeches were were basically duplicates of what Coach Vermeil said. And Greg Kinnear, who played Vermeil, went Coach Vermeil filming the movie, uh, was coaching at, um, where was he? It was in Kansas City. And uh, so he went visited Coach at Kansas City for three days, studied him, studied, uh, talked to him about his speeches and all that stuff. So he he had an integral part of it. So the way he was portrayed was right on the money. The way yeah, Mark, which and that's another story, was Mark because he was such a great guy and how hard he worked and how tough he is. I mean, he got the crap kicked out of him. Uh, you got to YouTube and there's some great interviews I have with Mark and he talks about getting all busted up and he loved it. it. Was like it was like a badge of honor, you know. It was like him with Lone Survivor. You know, when he played Marcus Luttrell, and, and he took that. But the biggest uh, things is, is how they uh, portrayed – they, they didn't portray me wrong. They just never went back uh, a couple of years. Into, I was a school teacher at my alma mater when I was a very successful um, track coach, uh, football coach, working in my master's degree, trying to get into decathlon, where track was my major things there. 
And they didn't go into my past along with my father. You know, they knew my father was a was a big fan. My mother was a great, great athlete. My mom and dad never got beyond the eighth grade. They were both one of nine. They grew up, you know, they were in, during World War II. And, and my mother uh, was a fantastic athlete and, and basically like a pentathlete. And, uh, but she, she succumbed to uh, anxiety and depression and schizophrenia. Mm. When I was a young kid, I'm 13, 14 years old, um, I, I was dealing with a mentally ill mother who was in and out of mental hospitals. And, and my father was working at Westinghouse, and it was very difficult because he was always on strike. There were, there were bills like you can't imagine. And we lived in a housing project, and it was wild, you know. And it was my school teachers. Those were the ones that my dad was always there, but it was difficult, you know. I, I needed, I, you know, so my coaches and teachers were the ones that uh, were, were really big mentors. And they, they saw me with a kid with a big heart. I was, they used to call me Squint because, you know, you had, to, you had to squint your eyes to see me. And, um, and, and I, I bust there a little bit, but you know, they never went back there, you know, and I wish they had. I, you know, right now you see what's going on, went on with uh, the, the games and how mental illness became a part of it, you know, depression and that kind of stuff and pressure. Uh, I, it was a good message that could have been, you know, that there are some drivers, and I, I'm one of them. And, uh, you know, but they didn't do that. Now, you know, so what they did is they picked up the story right after the uh, World Football League was a substitute teacher and a bartender uh, trying to make ends meet. And, and, they, and they picked it up there. And they didn't want to go back anywhere else. They were a little bit, would have, would have diminished the and everything else. And, you know, my, my perspective, I thought it might have helped it. But, hey, I didn't write the movie, you know, and I'm not going to. Mm -hmm. Going to piss on about something that's being done by Disney, and then the other, you know, we had a conversation off off air about the portrayal of my wife Janet, and uh, Janet was a giant fan and a bartender, and in reality, she was a world class gymnast on the same uh, USA team as Kathy Rigby, and she was the head coach at the University all over the world, word school business, and we just celebrated her twenty eighth wedding anniversary, and she's gifted me with. Two of the most beautiful children in the world, and you were you were patient when I was having in a, a conversation on the phone with my fun, my son Vinny. He was trying to find a football field to have a catch at to run some routes because he's he's on a uh, you know some so we we had to get we had so the Janet became a Giants fan because of the NFL, and, he, and that was a concession that we made compromise uh, to get her into the movie and to get to get the approval by the NFL uh, to use their branding rights because, you know, um, let's say uh, replacements, you know, they, it was like the, whatever the generals, whatever the teams were. Well, we wanted to be the Eagles, you know, we wanted to be with that Eagle brand that I would all the logos were with some of the sponsors, you know, for uh, the product placement and those kinds of things that you'll see placed around every once in a while. Rid was the with this Gatorade, you know, that was all, they were all starting to come out really big then, you know, with product placement. So uh, in order to, that, that concession, you know, Janet signed off, said, okay, you know, we'll go with this. And we did all right. So they were the two biggest things. But, you know, they captured the journey. And, um, and because we've all had that dream and we've all been told that 
you know, the dream's a little bit off the charts. And, you know, if you're willing to pay the price, man, I had nothing to lose. If I didn't, if I didn't, listen, man, if I didn't catch it, Nick, if I didn't, if I didn't make the team, I was going to go back and get my teaching check for six years. And I would have started into my master's. I was only a, I was only a creditor to a couple of credits away from my master's and, and yeah, these pieces I could have written, you know, but, uh, you know, anyway, I wound up making a team, got in four years and, you know, got the last laugh and got a pension. It was pretty cool. Nice. Nice. Now, I also believe now you've done some motivational speaking. That- yeah, what was that again? You're breaking up. Sorry. Um, I believe you have That's done okay. some motiv- you've done some motivational speaking. Oh yeah, that's basically what I do for a living, or I did for a living until the pandemic hit <laughs> and in March. And well, you know, you couldn't, you, you couldn't, nobody could congregate in big groups. So I'm doing. I did a lot of Zoom casts like I'm doing right now. But um, yeah, you know, it, it, it picked up again, and I've got I've got engagements all over the world and all over the country mostly. And, you know, I get an opportunity to talk about the dream and, and to overcome obstacles. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah, it, it, I, I have my invincible playbook. And, you know, of course I tell this, like the stories we got here. I, I tell a real story. I do this thing called real versus real or AAL versus or AEL. And, um, and, and then, you know, what, what, you know, leadership, you know, being a team player, you know, it's all about teamwork. Teamwork makes the dream work. I mean, I've I've spoken to maybe the most tough team ever in the in the history of the world, Team Six, and I learned a lot from them. And I've actually befriended a couple of guys from Six, and uh, they give me some good ideas. And you know, and, and you know, we talk a little bit about what we talk. I really like to go on tour with Rudy, and I think uh, maybe somebody out here is listening to that. You know, come on, put us out there. We could have some fun. We're, we're, we're he's about this big. That's the thing. So. I would My pay to see he's that. a character, man. I would pay to see you and Rudy do it. Do a speech together. <laughs> that would be awesome. And as someone who's aspiring to be a motivational yeah, speaker cool. too, I, I would love to just. That would be like the ultimate motivation for me. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool, you know, and it, 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 it's wild, you know, when you get up there in front of a group and and it's intimidating because, you know, it might be speaking to CEOs or a multimillionaire, whatever it might be, or, to, or total strangers, and it's a real challenge. And uh, so when I do a PowerPoint, I show videos, and, and it's very entertaining, and, uh, and I um, customize it to, my, to, to the customer, to the client. To I get on stage, man. That it's like it's like coming through the tunnel, and after you know mm-hmm. they invincible power, invincible whatever. It's true. You come in and you hear the applause. which just flips, and it's game day, baby. And by the time I'm done, I'm, I'm soaking wet. <laughs> I mean, I have I work. I work. You know, if it's a stage, I'm, I'm all over it. You know, I don't use I don't use teleprompters. I, it's all it's all scripted here in my head based upon what's up there on the talk. It's fun. Looking forward to it. I have a couple of big ones coming up uh, in just a month and just in just a minute. Yep. 
By the way, do you know of an area called Morrill Park? Do you know of I see area? Mike Brennan's just popping on. Hey, Mike. Yeah. Do you know of this area, Morrill Park area? Or Morrill Park? No, not really. Hmm. Now, was it again? Morrill Park? Park? Morrill Park in Northeast Philly Park. area. Northeast Philly area. According oh, Morrill Park. Oh, what? Yeah. No, Northeast Philly. Hey, Mike, my wife, Janet, went to uh, Northeast High School. She was uh, Ron Street in Ferndale. So um, I guess my Philly guy. I, I mean, I'm, I've been adopted by the city of Philadelphia. I've been given a, uh, the keys to the city and all that stuff. And you know, one of my one of the best I was, I actually got a flag that was flown in my honor with all that's going on there. And I, and I have that in my house in Philly. But I'm, I'm a Delco guy. So um, I, don't, I don't know all the names but uh, if, if i had an address i i, I know I, I would i would know it nice nice now do you have any like feel-good fan encounters for us that you could share like anyone that's come up to you because they've seen you play they've seen the movie they know who you are they see you after your speech and just share a story about like how you've impacted their lives yeah, you know, that's happened a lot. Thanks for asking that, Nick, you know, and it's it, 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 a platform uh, doing that's trying to help people and making a difference. Uh, I'm a cancer survivor for 20 years. I had colon cancer, and I was very fortunate to find it early, and, you know, they took 18 inches of my colon right through my navel about that long. You know, they did it macroscopically. So I've done a lot of uh, colon cancer. And, um, and also, uh, I, I've had the opportunity to, to work with the military, law enforcement, and um, I'm sort of, uh, you know, I'm drawn to working with, uh, with charities that have those strong teamwork values, you know, like law enforcement, like the military, and, and like the like military. So uh, I, they're, they're the three things that I, uh, that, that, I, that I like. But, you know, what I've had is people come up to me and said, hey, man, we saw your commercial. And someone else be and save my life, you know those kinds of things. Or I just I was out with Ron Jaworski, uh, my the, the quarterback, the other day at the Jersey Shore, and called that beach. And uh, we, so we were down there, and, and Avalon ran into him, and we walked into this outdoor bar, and everybody saw us, and they just stood up and gave us a standing ovation, which was brutal. You know, I mean, <laughs> this was forty years after we lived, we, we played Nick, you know, over forty years. And, and that was pretty cool. So, and I was with a guy who's my neighbor and came up from Florida, and he he doesn't understand, you know, the Philly thing, you know. He he was, he's, he was like blown away. So, oh my God, does this happen often? I said, well, you know, so it's 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 pretty cool. Philly, the Philly people. You know what? Here's, here's it's very simple. That you treat people with respect, you treat them right, no matter. What? You don't look at religion, you don't look at country, you don't look at color, you just look at their soul, man. And if you see a good soul, you know, and and, and person, and actually I also give them an audible, so they'll get the first shot and they'll get the audible too. And if, if that doesn't work, that's yeah, okay, you know, that's your loss. And I, uh, you just treat people nice and um, they say that I got a pretty good reputation. I'm easy to be easy to approach. I never turn anybody away. I never turn it. 
I'm having dinner with my family or with friends, you know, that would be a different story. But other than that, you know, I'm, I'm pretty wide open. Uh, it, it's great. It's good to be me. It's pretty mm -hmm. cool. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that I will personally tell you that I value about you because someone with your stature who has a movie about them, who's played in the NFL, you were wide open to this podcast idea. You weren't like, well, you have to go through this person to that person. You have to sign this. Or it was just, yeah, I'll do this. Why not? So I appreciate that. Thank you very much. I'm the guy. You know, we're pretty simple. You know, my wife. Yeah, uh, I guess we have Vince Papali Promotions, wah da da, you know, LLC. Woo how cool is that? Um, and, you know, she's the president, and I'm the front. And the phone, I don't mind returning the emails. You know, the email you got from me, uh, with, with, you know, people were sending emails that said INFO on info. And we had a server, you know, about a month later. And I had a, I had a backtrack to all those because we, you know, got out to them. I, that's what I do, you know, and, and she's busy in the States and she's mentoring our children. My daughter, Gabriella, uh, is, is, is also a real estate. She lives in Florida now. And, um, you know, mentoring the working that right now the market's on fire and you got to take advantage of the opportunities while they're there. So it's no big deal for me. I'm not traveling around and actually I'm getting that interaction. So, hey. You know, plus buddy cast. I mean, who wouldn't want to be a part of this? You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I love it. You heard it here, folks. Vince Vitale is a buddy on buddy cast. So now, buddy, I'm going to ask you three questions that I ask all my buddies that come on the show. The first question is, in your own words, what does it mean to be someone's buddy? What's going to be someone's buddy is basically like most people. And uh, to, to speak the truth and speak from your heart, speak from your soul. Uh, don't, know what, don't, don't tell them what they want to hear. Uh, you know, like Dick Vermeil always said, if you don't want to hear the answer, the, the real truth, don't ask the question. You know, but to be a buddy is, is to be there, be supportive, be helpful, be that crutch, be that uh, walking stick, and, and, and help them through whatever crisis they're going through. Or maybe a good time. That is awesome. But, uh, you know, that's, that's what Invincible is about, you know. Mm -hmm. Now, part of being buddy is being a charitable buddy. So if you could have our audience donate to one charity of your choice, what would it be and why? Well, right now it would be the uh, Travis Mannion Foundation. Uh, you know, uh, my, my buddy, my buddy, Carl Mannion, uh, who I met because he asked me, uh, didn't even know who I didn't know me, but he knew of me because he's from the Philly area uh, to speak at his son's um, a memorial golf tournament at Andrews Air Force Base, where Air Force. And I spoke there, and there were seals, five stars, four stars, twelve stars, and um, we became the best of friends. And uh, you know, with all this going on in Afghanistan, uh, he he's a gold stellar father, and in in the face of two years, he lost his son a sniper, and uh, in Iraq. And not Afghanistan, but in Iraq, and um, and he also uh, lost his wife to cancer. So sort of a and you know and she was so very involved when she lost her son and his son. You know they started the Travis Mannion Foundation. So uh, that would be the one. That's one I'd go to right now. And it's it's a great for children. It's called Caricatters. 
Mm-hmm. And Travis Roberts on his second he going back in, and he was he was about ready to go out on a um, he, was, he was going to go out on a uh, patrol, and um, it, it, and he said he was saying he was dad, and the last conversation he had with his dad, he says, "Hey, dad, he's my last one." He said, "What are you going for?" He says, "You know, it's, it's still dangerous there." He said, "It's all right, it's a piece of cake." He said, and then, and then he said, "If not me, then who? If not me, then." He, that's the logo. That's the uh, that that's the slogan. If not me, then who? Character matters, and, uh, and they do they do these programs for kids, survivors, gold star children, and uh, you know with all that's going on right now, uh, it, it's something that's quite special to me. As a matter of fact, when we were going. I looked down. I saw my uh, phone light up, and it was Colonel Mannion on the phone because we're going to be getting together this afternoon when I went to Philly. Beautiful answer. And I love how passionate you got. Usually a lot of times that answer, we've just gotten a general, well, I'm a big believer in this. Uh, like I'm a big believer in anything to do with children. So let's go with Make-A-Wish. Or I'm a big believer in like, you know, that, like sometimes the general, but you put your heart and soul into that answer. You said, here's exactly why you should donate to this charity. So bravo. Well, it's uh, it, it's personal, and he's taken my son, uh, which, uh, which is pretty cool, uh, under his wing, and, um, and and sort of adopted my son. And he has his surrogate son, and um, and he lost his son right about the my son Vinny is now. So, uh, it's a relationship. So, it'll be the Travis Mannion Foundation dot org if you want more information. About it. Absolutely, cool. absolutely. Now, buddy. It's time for what we call the ultimate buddy cast buddy question. You ready for this? Okay. I'm going to split this up into two parts, though. The first part being for anyone out there who dreams of going into the NFL one day. Say there's a high school athlete watching this show or someone in college watching this show, and that's their dream to make it to the NFL. What is your advice to them? Well, first would be, I would say, if you were dreaming to make it anywhere where people say that it's almost impossible to do it, you know, it could be the NFL, it could be a free agent to go on away. I did it, but it probably isn't going to happen. It's structured because of the scouting system and all that, you know. But when you have that dream, the impossible, thing. I'm always reminded by a quote that was given to me by my mentor when I was in high school, my teacher. I talked about one of the reasons I became a teacher was because I was doing all the stuff that was going at home. It was much as it sort of kept my head straight. And my one teacher, George Corner, my high school football and track coach, gave me this quote, it's happier those who dream dreams and are willing to pay the price to make their dreams come true. Now, I could do a whole speech on it, but I'll give you three things. Number one, have a game plan. Number one, have your game and make sure you're audible to the game plan because life is an audible. It's not always going to go the way you want it to. Number two is make sure you understand and know who your opponent is. It's lining up across from you isn't always your opponent. It could be you with a negative attitude, a lack of hard work, a lack of will, a lack of wanting to take risks. That's number one, number two. And number three, really very simple. Be the best you can be. Be the best you can be. You have within you, you just dying to come out, just dying to come out. Don't waste the greatest thing in you, potential, you know, and have that game plan. Be the best. So, um, you know, it's, 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 uh, 
making sure you understand who your opponent is. Yes, 100%. And the second part, is that the same advice you would give to someone who, say, wants to be a motivational speaker? Yeah, motivational speakers, you know, there's all those out there. I, you know, like Jim Morris, you know, Michael Ruzioni is one of the one of the best. Rudy's there. They're all up on this place there, you know. But to be a motivational speaker, you know, what makes you? What is it about you that's going to motivate people to do something that needs to take them to the next level? That's what you have to find, you know, the fact that you risk. You had the guts to contact me to see if I'd even get back to you. Alone, alone, you know, take it through 50 levels to get here. I mean, it's guts. And, um, you know, so those kinds of things. So, yeah, I would pretty much say that. But, you know, like with me, I I, I, I listen to it. I, I go on all the time. My buddy Bill Walsh, you know, he's one of the best out there. And, uh, and, and I try to pick something out every once in a while. Somebody, you know, I'll, I'll just start right every Sunday, you know, and, and the, the pastor is up there speaking. Next thing you know, I'm texting away. I'm texting myself something that he might have said. You know, they're working on a series now called Mind Games because there's so much mind gaming going on right now. You know, so how do you get through that? You know, and 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 so and the things that I'm learning right now, just in church. You know, people, and it's not plagiarizing. You can just take it, and put it in your own words, or just give it. This well, let me. This is how I world, and and, and it's it's very simple to do. But hey, hey, the world the world's a plethora of ideas and and things, and you just you know grasp it. But more than anything, is you got to find the good in life. You have to find the good in people. Anybody can be an asshole, you know. But it's, it's to be that good guy, and uh, that, that's that's the way I look at it, you know. And I try to, I do my best to find the good in everything, you know. Help somebody potential something right gets them doing so, you know rather than criticize them say hey can i can i show you a different way of doing something that's my coaching sometimes <laughs> especially it. with my kids gotta be careful with your kids man yes and you're absolutely right it's not about criticizing it's not about being like well that guy's just a jerk today or something like that it's about digging deeper. Maybe that guy is just having a bad day, or maybe there's something going on in that guy's life that something just is making him react this way. You know, you never know. That's and a to, great. That's a great way to put it, Nick. And yep. you know that. Yep. That's right. And to, you know, like today, I was just driving out. I, you know, I got a bad bag, and my back's messed up because I used to pole vault. You know, I was I was I was pole vaulting and told so I got and and I and I got cut off, you know, no turn, no turn signal, just and 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 now so I got two reactions. One is just sit back. So the other one is all right, flashing the. I'll let them know how they cut me off. Mm-hmm. So my reaction was, eh, no big deal. Maybe they're in a hurry. You know, it could be late for sure. <laughs> You're right, yeah. man. You never know. You, you just just walk a mile in everybody's shoes, and then when you. When you look at it, it's, it's, it's give him a break. Exactly. exactly. You actually remind me of something funny I saw today. I'll end on this joke. Um, I saw a funny thing on Facebook today that said, I got cut off by someone who said, uh, who 
who had a bumper sticker that said, I'm a veterinarian, so I can drive like an animal, made me realize how many proctologists are on the road today. <laughs> so, but one more note about the uh, having the guts, you know, I always say my motivation for everyone out there, I always say whenever I reach out to someone on BuddyCast, whenever I reach out to someone like you, you know, shooting for the stars and thinking, okay, why not take the chance? I always think to myself, the worst they can do is say no. And sometimes no isn't even no. That's sometimes it. no is it's, it's, not right now or, you know, maybe sometime in the future. Or I just don't see it happening now, but come back to me later, you know? The worst they can do is say no. You know, it's no. funny you say that. I'm sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, what, what you said would makes a lot of sense because the other day I was going through my daughter Gabby worked with the 76ers for five years on entertainment. Now she's down in Florida. My son Vinny's wanted to be the aspiring football player. But there was something going on. And and I and I said, Vinny, I said, I wish you were as aggressive with doing this one thing that I asked you to do as you are on the field. I said, just a shot at it. So finally, he took a shot and he got a positive reaction after it was all over. But my wife, Janet, who was a coach, you know, she, she, she sometimes you just, the only way you're going to grow is you have to do things outside of your comfort zone. If you live in your comfort zone in this little bubble that you have around you all the time, that everything's going to be fine. Every once in a while, you got to get knocked on your rear end, you know, and just dust yourself off and get up. And that's moving out of the comfort zone. And so what? Mm-hmm. What somebody's saying, if they say, that's, if you gave it everything you had, we call that failing forward. I wrote one of my books. With, with my wife, Jan, it's called be invincible, realize your full potential. And one of those things is failing forward. You don't get anywhere unless you take risks. Make sure mm-hmm. that you, you have prepared yourself for everything that you've done. And then, you know, that makes, you know, if they say no, I would say, hey, say at least I'll try. You can't, you can't go wrong. Um, salespeople, I, I've done it sales first time. I hated it. People, you know, no. yeah. Mm-hmm. I was fired from a sales job too, but that's where I learned. Sometimes no just means not right now, you know? Yeah. So, that's right. But you also, I'll end on. Again. What was that? I'll end on uh, this. I'll end the show on this note. You reminded me of. My favorite fictional character, and I believe uh, if you're from Philly, he might be one of your favorite characters too. You know, you know of this guy. That's how the movie got started. I know Sly. You've met Sylvester yeah. Stallone. I love Sylvester. It's my dream to have him on the. I actually emceed the uh, the press conference for. I, I emceed the press conference at the top of the art museum steps when they first came into Philadelphia. Nice. And because of Rocky, I was always known as the real life Rocky. And uh, because of Rocky, they showed a feature on Monday Night Football back in the early 2000s. And, mm-hmm. and uh, after showing the next day, Hollywood came calling. And then the guys that did Miracle and Rookie and the new guy, Secretariat, got their hands on the screenplay. They sold it to Disney. 15, 16 years later, the rest is history, and I got the last laugh. Speaking of the last laugh, can I one last thing here? Can I? Uh, yes. 
is my desk called The Last Laugh, and it's a playbook, and, and it's called Vision of Victory, and it's on it's on Amazon. So last laugh, and you can find it on Amazon.com. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, we've done well with that. It's, it's, it's just like guys like you and me, buddy, you know, where people yep. say you can't do it, you go and do it, you make the impossible possible, and you get the best laugh ever, and that's the last laugh. I love that. And my final note is what I was going to say earlier. To quote our favorite character, Rocky, here, it ain't about how hard you hit. What does he say? Do you know the saying? Go ahead. It ain't about how hard you hit. How hard it's about you hit. It's how hard hit. And keep moving forward. And isn't that the game of football? Keep moving forward. That's right. You get my, one of my buddies, Joey Giratelli, got Bob and Weave. Yep. Isn't that the game of football, too? It's not about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit, get back up, and keep moving forward. That's right. Alrighty. Well, buddy, thank you so much for being a buddy here on BuddyCast. It was an honor chatting with you. Stick around for a minute. If you have a minute afterwards, we'll chat. But for all of my buddies uh, out there, this is the legend, Vince Papale, right here on BuddyCast. And Vince, I have one more favor to ask you before we close out the show. Go be someone's buddy today. You there? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did it cut out? Did it cut out? I have one more. Can you hear me now? Yep. I have one more favor to ask you before we close out the show. Go be someone's buddy. Today. All right. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yep. All righty. We'll catch you all next time here on BuddyCast. Well, the days are going fast. Buddy, buddy, we've got to make them last. Buddy, buddy, before they've all gone past. Buddy, buddy, tune in to BuddyCast. Hey buddies, you thinking of starting your own podcast? Why not use Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast, and here's why. First off, it's free. Secondly, you have creation tools to record and edit right from your phone or computer. Third, Anchor distributes for you. You can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Fourth, make money with no minimum listenership. And finally, you have everything you need for a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started.